0: This is ATL Day Ones, part of Locked On Sports Atlanta, and it starts now.
1: Welcome into ATL Day Ones with Jarvis and Tanisha. Just want to say thank you for making ATL Day Ones your first listen today, and remember. We are free and available wherever you download your podcast. Wherever you download your podcast, make sure, make sure, make sure that you leave us a five-star review. We really appreciate that in advance. And also, big announcement, special announcement, or reminder, if you've heard this before, we are on Amazon, Fire, and Roku. Go ahead and download the Locked On Sports Atlanta app right now. You can catch our big mugs, well, my big mug, on TV, and you can catch Tanitra Batiste's beautiful face uh sideline uh sideline reporter for the college park skyhawks by the way Boy, make sure Ooh. you check her out for that uh, that's about to get ready to get rolling as well and we just got so much good stuff on you for um for you today um we're gonna start off by talking about who will be the vocal leader when stuff hits the fan for the atlanta hawks and the Bengals' loss could be a good thing for the falcons and last but not least and for the culture I just laugh every time when this happens in the NBA. <laughs> but first, <laughs> we got to talk about the the uh, the uh, Atlanta Hawks um, Nick McMillan got a chance to to speak to the media and you know we kind of had a little candidate at this yesterday as far as our conversation about the Atlanta Hawks and leadership and who's going to be that guy. Here's Nick McMillan talking about who he thinks is going to be that guy. I've got to find that guy. You, that's a good question. So you don't, you don't
0: think you found that person. Yet? I
1: gotta find that guy, you know, and, and that's part of uh, this group playing together and you know being in situations like that where uh, that guy, that voice, comes out and talk about what uh, we need to do out on the floor. Wow, T. Wow. What are your, what are your thoughts when you first hear when you hear Nate say that?
0: And that situation is a couple things. So it goes back to the first quarter of that game Sunday against the Hornets, right? Where the Hawks actually had a lead. The Hawks actually had about an 11 point lead in that first quarter. And then all of a sudden, slowly but surely the Hornets come back and they're at a four point point deficit, not different Jarvis than what we saw in the magic game Friday night. So everybody in the arena is thinking, hey, we're good until we weren't in the third quarter. And the reason is because although the Hawks went on a 9-0 run, the Hornets score 45 points in the quarter. So your 9-0 run is essentially like nothing compared to that kind of run. If someone has spoken up, like, on the floor, and Jarvis, that didn't have to be in a full timeout situation. You only have so many timeouts, as David McMillan said, in right, game exactly. the yep. game. Right, exactly. So somebody at the point where there's a break in the action, maybe that's at the free throw line, or maybe that's the referees discussing A or B, or maybe that's as you're literally walking the ball out of bounds and then walking it back up the court. Somebody at that point has to say something. And let me go to what I just said, walking the ball up the court. There are typically two guys doing that. Trey Young or DeJounte Murray. Both of them are considered kind of like leaders of this team, but DeJounte Murray, by all accounts, is the more vocal of the two. So the expectation was, hey, we're coming into this season. You've got to show improve by your vocal taking charge versus say, you know, Trey just takes charge a little bit differently, which is fine. Right. That's However, fine. Yeah. I do understand that there's still that balance, right? You're three games into a regular season with a brand new team who already has an established leader. How do you want to manage through that? That's something that DeJounte Murray's going to figure out. And I'm thinking and hoping that that's something he'll figure out in these next five games. And you know what I thought about yesterday after we had the conversation? It goes back to a lot of situations like even Dwayne Wade. Dwayne mm-hmm. Wade was the leader of the Heat back in the day, right? Right. And here comes Shaquille O'Neal. And then for the next iteration of heat championships, here comes LeBron James. So right. D-Wade has to make a decision. Yes, Shaq tells D-Wade, hey, that's your team. But they found a way to basically co-lead that team. D-Wade right. says, hey, LeBron, do you. This is your team. Pensive at first, LeBron was, if you recall. They they struggled coming out of the gates because it was like, OK, who's going to take the lead? And they found a way to be able to balance it. That's something that DJ and Trey are going to have to do in order for this team to, to succeed.
1: I, I think that yeah, that's a great point because when you think about guys' egos, right, when, when you talk about NBA egos, even yes. further inflated, uh, and, and we know, you know, Trey Young is not is – the, is, is the guy, right? We understand what that is. Like We understand, like, more than likely when it comes down to a last-second shot, more, mm-hmm. he's going to be that guy. Yeah. And he can choose to defer to DeJounte mm-hmm. if he sees fit. And – a lot of times, when you have a guy like Dejounte coming into the fold, he may understand his ego and what he brings to the table, and get and understand that part of it. But he has to be able to fill in that void that we know Trey isn't right, because we know the style of leadership. He's going to lead by example. He said, "Hey, I'm going to I'm going to put us on the back and figure us, figure out a way to get us back into this into this basketball game." But a lot of times. They're going to be situations like they faced on Sunday. That's, mm-hmm. that's not going to be the. That the that's not going to be the answer. You're going to need those guys like more. More say so when you have lows in the moment in the game and saying, "Hey, man, we all need. They to, like, come together real quick at a free throw mm-hmm. line, at the free throw line, or whatever. Who's at the free throw line and say, "Hey, this is what we need to do." And I'm going to start by doing it myself, so mm-hmm. you guys can come on it, come on with me. And I think that Dejounte Murray has to be comfortable with that when you talk about what he's going to bring, what we know he brings to the table, and what Nate McMillan is expecting him to bring to the table. Now, yeah. they take on the Detroit Pistons tonight, start off of, of, of a semi-back-to-back game, mm-hmm. weird road game up, at, up in Detroit. And, and one thing, I was just kind of looking at some numbers, T, and and, and it kind of goes back to what we talked about with the Hornets mm-hmm. and, and letting a, a, a guy who we've never heard of go for 20 and 11 against you. Um the, the Detroit Pistons have a guy that I have heard of, and that's Isaiah Stewart. He's mm-hmm. a guy who's a top 10 in, the, in rebounding in the NBA and the entirety of the NBA. Mm-hmm. And he's a guy that, that can go off if the uh, the Atlanta Hawks do what they did on Sunday by letting these guys get these offensive rebounds, second-chair points. And then mm-hmm. next thing you know, you're in a hole that you can't get out of. And I think that that starts with John Collins and Clint Capella yeah. Download, making sure they're boxing out, and making sure those guys aren't getting those second-chance points because we know those can be killers, especially on the road.
0: And when the Pistons are dominating on the glass and they're kicking that ball out, they're kicking it out to guys like Alec Burke. So congratulations, Hawks. Not to say negative things about Alec Burke, know, yeah, but he yeah. is questionable he's questionable for tonight, and could he's leaning? they're leaning towards him being out for tonight. That's okay. something to where, hey, at least there's one assassin that – potentially won't be there. But let's say somehow, miraculously, Alec Burks suits up, right? Then you know that that's something where you have to show and prove. That's where I'm looking for DeJounte Murray, and that's where I'm looking for DeAndre Hunter to get out there and make sure that the perimeter is guarded. That's something that is absolutely that's one of the ways that Detroit was able to blow the Hawks out twice last season. When a team that wins 23 games blows you out two out of the three games that they play you, that's not a good look. So again, there's something else that John Collins said as well. He said, you know what? We're not going to be complacent, We're but we're not going to be bothered by the fact that we have these back to backs in Detroit. It's kind of weird, right? We're going right. to actually look at it as the challenge that we need to get going. So I do believe that they have the right mindset going into this series. And I think that they understand it. And although JC kind of <laughs> fell some type of way with what Nate said, he was like, no, we, you know, we have leaders on the floor. Good. You know what? Show him then. Show him proof. If you yeah. send that leadership on the floor and have a problem yeah. with what Nate said, then go ahead and show him. And with JC by example in the heart, kind of being the heart and soul of the team, show that. All right. And then DJ, you speak it and you show it as well. Because the other thing Jarvis is this: don't we talk about in the Atlanta sports on the Atlanta sports landscape all the time? We're looking for the dog. We are looking for that Mm -hmm. guy who's got that dog in him. It's a different kind of dog. It's a different kind of swag than maybe we saw in Solo Hill back in the day or even Dwayne Devon. But I'm telling you, DJ's got some edge. Let's see it. Play itself out with what he says and what he does.
1: It's tip tonight at 7 o'clock. And we're hoping that the Hawks can get this thing back on track. And not – Say well, it's a ten game losing streak, but yeah. there, there, they, you kind of get a little concerned when you start to see certain things because it reminds us of what happened last year, and we Trigger. don't want to see that. We have certain triggers as Hawks fans, or, and, and taking a look and covering this team now. T Double A has been hard at work trying to figure out this dog on roster and what he's going to do, who's going to bring him back, and, and I think that I think the big question of this offseason is whether or not Dansby Swanson is going to come back into the fold for the Atlanta Braves. Now I know for me, I've sitting up, I've sat up here and kind of watched this thing and looked at it and looked at how it went down with Freddie Freeman last year, obviously a little bit of different of a situation. Mm -hmm. And given what Dansby Swanson's age and given the type of year that he had this year offensively, I think it's going to be really hard for the Braves to retain his services. Now, what does your gut say as far as whether or not he's going to come back?
0: Oh, very, very much agree with you. It's going to be extremely difficult. And on top of the offense, he reminded you in that Philly series just how good he is defensively as well. Because remember, which one is the gym of the game? Which one is the plaything? It was amazing to see. And he definitely put himself in the conversation to be in the top tier of shortstops that are getting paid this upcoming season. Right. This is what I hope, Jarvis, because my gut says it's going to come right down to the wire, like legitimately down to the wire. But I do believe that Alex Anthopoulos is going to find a way to make this happen because I don't think that anyone wants to see a Freddie Freeman situation all over again. Because remember, the whole goal was to bring Freddie Freeman back. Like that fell apart at the very last minute. So I believe that the intention is to bring Dansby back as well. I just don't think the AA is going to let him slip away. I know it's gonna be right there tight, but I don't think he goes. Yeah. I, <laughs> I know. <laughs> no, I gotta you know, no, you know me,
1: you know how I get down. Like I gotta see it to believe it yes, when it comes it to the Braves. Like the I call. get it. Like everything has been it's been so many good things about this mm-hmm. team that I really like. And you know, this is my first love as far as sport when it comes to sports growing up in the city of Atlanta. However, like it's gonna be hard to to see Danby Swanson put on that Brave's uniform next year and as much as I want it to happen, it's just going to be hard. I think there's going to – but I do know this, that gives me comfort. Mm-hmm. If he does walk, Alex Anthopoulos has a plan. He's oh, proven he that back. time and time yeah. again. What ha- also has been proven time and time again is the fact that you can go to betonline.net and get all of the your betting needs and you can find all your favorite sports and events at the number one lo- online source for odds, lines, and games. T. I've been searching and looking through some some of the some of the uh, the odds and everything. You know, the Baltimore Ravens and the Tampa Bay Buccaneers yeah. are playing yeah. tomorrow night. You no, know we're gonna have our eyes on oh, yeah. on that one because that is has NFC South implications written all over that because that could be solely in first place by Friday Friday morning and. You Know that would be something that we can probably, probably celebrate on the show or not. You know, I mean, you know, maybe a little bit too much. But looking at betonline.net, Tampa Bay is actually favored. Oh, I'm sorry, no, Tampa Bay is actually uh, uh, has a, a one and a half point underdog. Wow, one and a half points. Good lord, <laughs> good luck on that one. <laughs> so, guess what? I'm going to do if I'm going to bet on that game, I'm going to uh go to bet online because they continue to be the top online source for all your sports wager information from live in-game betting, Thursday night, see what in-game bets they got going on. That's all there for you. And also, you guys listen to us for information about the Atlanta sports scene via podcast or watching on YouTube. They don't have YouTube, but they have those podcasts with all the information you need to make sound decisions so you can get you some money. So, head to bet online today. Or use your mobile device to learn more about the action happening today because Online is where the game
0: starts. So, Jarvis, Falcons are trying to move on and reset to get ready for the Panthers on Sunday. But real talk, that game against the Bengals, man, it kind of happened in the worst way possible, whether you look at it from the perspective of going down early 21 to nothing or you look at it from the perspective of being down player after player after player, especially in the secondary. It was just the worst possible scenario, at least – from what it appeared to be, but you know, Jarvis, there is a silver lining in everything. So I'm thinking to myself, hmm, what's the silver lining here? And I have thoughts, but I want to hear what you have to say first about what you thought might actually be a potential, potentially a good thing from what went down Sunday in Cincinnati. You
1: know, the first thing that comes to mind is that when you you're looking at a couple of things, right? So when you start off with just with Joe Burrow, Jamar Chase, Tyler Boyd, and T. Higgins, that is a very good wide receiver group. Oh. it is and it, oh yeah, throw in a Hayden Hurst as well. I, I thought, yeah, I was early. just like, that is. It. And then for to have, to run that offense out on the field, and then defensively, all, you, you can't even combat that because not only you have your your back, your number two corner is down already mm-hmm. on IR. Then mm-hmm. your number one corner goes down, yeah. and then essentially you're playing a guy that you just brought off off of the practice squad like so it was a a, the worst case scenario for the atlanta falcons so you you given the case Mm -hmm. you're down multiple scores throughout the game right and even three scores at one point when you're down 21-0 so the positive though is is the fact that it puts you in a situation okay once we get ourselves down multiple scores because they've been in in every game they, they yes. were undefeated against the spread. So, whatever Las Vegas was thinking, the Falcons had right. something to say about that. So, yes. when you're down multiple scores mm-hmm. in a game, what are you going to do? Yeah. What are you going to do? I'm not sitting up here and saying you're going to throw this bad boy 40 times because that is mm-hmm. the bad idea. Right. Arthur Smith thinks it's a bad idea. That's why he's yes. held Marcus Mariota as close to 20, uh, under 20 uh, throws a game as possible. True, true. true. And, and I'm sitting up here with my naked. Um, bachelor's degree in football eyes. And I'm sitting up here saying, you know what? That's a bad idea for Marcus Mariota as well. <laughs> right. So I think the, the the good thing is that it happened now because I don't think you're going to face that type of personnel you know, for the rest of the season. You got the, par- yeah. the Panthers twice. You got the Chargers who are dealing with injuries and wide receivers. Mm-hmm. They do have – that's probably by the closest that you have if those guys are healthy. And yeah. then you got the Bucs again, who we already know what they got going on offensively. Mm-hmm. And we also have the Saints as well for one more time. So right. and like you said, at, you're,
0: you're banged up a little bit too. Chris Olave back and forth. And right. if you yes. throw the Steelers in there before the bye, we got George Pickens and that's all we got.
1: Yes. So I think that those are. <laughs> yes. I like how you slid that in there. <laughs> so when you think about the the worst case scenario happening for the Falcons, I, I, th- I like the fact that they, it's going to force the Falcons going forward to have a plan when you get punched in the face mm-hmm. and they got punched in the face and hopefully you, you get healthier and this is be the the, the bottom, like this is the bottom as far as dealing with injuries mm-hmm. and you start to get healthier as the season goes along. You don't have to be in a situation where you're not even going to bat with, you're going to a, to a dog fight, mm-hmm. <laughs> you're going into a dog fight with a, with a rubber band, you know, what I'm <laughs> trying to thump somebody. So yeah. I, I think that that's the silver lining for me that, They got put into a situation that probably is not going to happen again. Mm -hmm. But just in case it does happen, you got a plan.
0: Exactly. And I would say as well, now I'm going to take one guy out of this. I'm going to take Caleb McGarry out of the comment I'm about to make. But for the Mm -hmm. most part, the O-line didn't get jobbed. The reason I'm mentioning that, Jarvis, is because we're now seven weeks into the season and the O-line isn't decimated. I mean, we're literally working with the same goal line almost a third of the season. When have you and I been able to say that? It's been at least three or four seasons since we've been able to say that three – of the five O-linemen are actually the same ones you started the season with, right? So while it wasn't the greatest performance ever, it definitely was not a bad performance by the O-line because, hey, they tried their best to work with what Marcus Mariota was giving them. It's not their fault what was happening under center, right? So I do also think that's a silver lining that for Terry Fontenot, if, and we're going to talk a little bit more about this tomorrow, because like Jarvis said, Bucks, Ravens has trade implications potentially for the Falcons, and we'll talk about it again Friday as well, give you some afterthought. But right now, Jarvis, you're thinking about the fact that, hey, for once, the Falcons don't have to go out there digging for an O-lineman, which is very difficult to find. You actually might have a little bit of a better shot finding a DB at this point who, for whatever reason, doesn't fit with his current team or didn't fit, but might just fit this scheme. So I love where you're going with it, finding the positive and saying, okay, Hey, you've had the worst case scenario and you're only seven games into the season. Now you can you can really get cracking, Arthur Smith. Another thing is sometimes you cut your losses when you get to this point in the season. You try, you try to work with somebody, you try to work with somebody and it just ain't happening. And that's what it was for Marlon Davidson. We love us some Marlon Davidson second round pick in the 2020 draft for the Falcons. Amazing guy who had loads of potential and promise, but never just real results, body just would not allow for it. Whether it was two fouls with COVID, a knee injury, you name it, it happened. So they decided, the Falcons, to cut ties with him yesterday. And Jarvis, my thought then went back to the 2020 draft overall. AJ Terrell, like we said, Marlon Davidson, Michael Walker, and Jalen Hawkins, Sterling Hoffrichter. And I'm thinking of those guys, and I'm like, Hmm. Oh, and Matt Hennessy. So that's your yep, six. Man. Right? You. And so
1: you're I'm dumb. thinking
0: about that. That essentially was the end of the Thomas Dimitrov, Dan Quinn co-builder era. And right. I said, hmm, kind of makes you have a requiem on it, if you will. We know Sterling Hoffer is gone. So now yep. you're down to the final five. And it's very interesting to say, OK, now we're actually down to the final four of a requiem on what TQ, T, TD and and DQ did before they exited stage left.
1: I, and and when you're talking about getting a guy like uh, Jalen Hawkins in the fourth round, uh, yes, that's yes, Michael ball. Walker
0: too. I yeah. got <laughs> both
1: of those. Both of those fourth round picks hit. Like that's those are the type of guys. When you, and I'm sitting here looking at a draft grade, they gave uh, Michael Walker a C plus. You know, yes, that was a C-plus Let's yes. yeah. just that, that just lets you know that draft grades the day after the draft is over are ridiculous, and you can throw them out. And they they graded out AJ Terrell as a C plus as well. So yes. yeah. Go ahead and throw it. Burn that bad boy. So I think that you have some staples. Um, they can thank Dan Quinn and Thomas Dimitrov for those guys. Yes. But obviously, you're talking about a second round pick of Martin Davidson, though. I, I think that's the thing that kind of really sticks out, and it kind of mm-hmm. spoke to what Thomas Dimitrov and Dan Quinn did just overall. And when you think about how you have to look at them from a, a thirty thousand foot view or global mm-hmm. view, or so to speak. Yes. Because they would hit on some of those mid to late round mm-hmm. guys, but they would miss badly on the early round guys. And you're just like, yeah. oh my goodness. Like you got Matt Ryan right, and that was pretty much it. You know, when you yeah. think about all of those first round draft picks that yeah. just did not work out from Vic Beasley to Tack McKinley, just mm-hmm. all of those guys. And oh, yeah. but, but when you think about, though, they did leave that gift. When you th- you're talking about Jalen Hawkins, Michael Walker, those yeah. guys are two starters for you. A.J. Terrell probably grading out as one of the top corners in the NFL, mm-hmm. uh, yeah, that's going to be all right. And you kind of yeah. kind of ease the pain of, of Marlon Davidson going away. Because that, one, that one's kind of hurt, hurts me a little bit because, yeah. you know, I got a chance to talk to him, you know, coming into training camp. He was saying this was the first camp in two years yes. where he's been able to squat. Yes. When, because yes. as a defensive lineman see, I can't imagine that. I can't understand that. Because those are – like that's where most of your power comes from. If not mm-hmm. all, like, I mean, I know people like, oh, yeah, I can bench 500 pounds. but well, how yeah, much do you cut. squat, <laughs> young man? <Yeah. laughs> like, how much do you squat, young man? Because that's going to determine whether or not you're going to be a good defensive line or not. Mm-hmm. So I was rooting for this guy. And, and obviously, this is the end result that we kind of figured and we kind of mm-hmm. talked about as well when he went on at IR initially. So it, it's truly unfortunate, but it does kind of make you think, like, all right, hopefully he gets another shot. And it kind of makes you think, like, okay. Tell Mr. Mitchell Dan Quinn, yeah, y'all were a little suspect, but mm-hmm. they definitely left some Jews in that draft.
0: Yes. And that's what I was thinking as well. Like, whoa, 2020 might actually be, even though it was their last draft, it might technically be their best draft now that we're a couple of seasons out. And you and I spoke to Michael Walker. We had him on our podcast right after his rookie season going into his uh, second year. And that was one where Pro Football Focus had recognized what he was doing on the field and saying, hey, you know, they they graded him quite high, I think highest in the league at his position as a rookie. So like you Mm -hmm. said, that those three jewels, they actually love jewels for for uh, one Arthur. <laughs> yeah, that was that could arguably be when it's all said and done the best class that that tandem actually came to, and also showing you what can be done in those later rounds if you have a little bit of an eye for it. Now the other piece there is this. We've been talking about it and we're going to continue to talk about it as far as like gems and jewels. Sometimes it's players, other times it's games. And you know what a jewel of a game is going to be? We already called it. It's Ravens Bucks. That's one of the five games that we'll be taking a look at. And granted, most of the game that NFL uh, Locked On Key Predictions focuses on will be the games on Sunday and Monday night. Right. So we got you there as well. But one of those big games, of course, is going to happen tomorrow night. Now, if you check in for those NFL Key Predictions on Friday, of course, stopping here at ATL Day 1's first and then going out to the Locked On Sports Network to check out NFL today and check out those key predictions. Man, we've got doozies and you know me, guys, you know, I'm a Steelers fan. So, of course, I'm going to have my eyes on Browns, Bengals to see what's going on. But anyway, you can catch them wherever you check out your podcast. You can go to the Odyssey app as well. And they've got all the goods for you in and around the league, giving you their predictions and their thoughts that might just help you, like Jarvis said, to go to bet online and actually know a little bit about what those guys are talking about in terms of where you should bet for this coming weekend. So going to be a good week eight. And NFL Locked On has you ready to rock and roll with those predictions.
1: No doubt about it. Go check that bad boy out and go get some good info. Because that's what we have on the entire Locked On Sports Network. But here at Locked On Sports Atlanta, we are giving you the good stuff. T, this is for the culture. It is the intersection between sports, entertainment, and the culture. And sometimes we you want to talk about. Because that's just how we get thrown on this show. Today is no different. I t- kind of teased this a little bit earlier we're talking about the nba and you talk and then they classify things as fights and <laughs> i'm sitting up here like all right so let me go check this out right. you know they they sucked me in t so i clicked yeah. on the link and i saw clay thompson he got ejected for the first time ever in his career i'm like okay who got clay mad right. and then i go to see who it is nobody other than devin booker like, what is it with Devin Booker and him getting into with, with superstars and cats that cats just don't like Devin Booker because yeah. we saw what Luka Doncic uh, referred to him as, I can't repeat it on this show because, Hey, we're family oriented here, right here on, on ATL day one, but T what, like, first of all, how do they classify this as a fight? Second of all, what did he actually say or do to get Clay Thompson this man <laughs>
0: said, like Clay Thompson is the most mild-mannered guy he kind of reminds me of me right because I'm a really nice person always you know bubbly and pretty much positive me too however <clears> throat> however throat> cross me you're going to learn today yes. that I'm really from the Ninth yes. board in New Orleans. Yes, yes. I'm pretty much Clay Thompson as well, right? Right. I'm, yes. I said the same thing. Like, who made Buddy mad? Who right, mad? exactly. But the funnier thing was, it was Devin Booker, like you said, it was like, oh, God, Book again, frustrating somebody. But then I thought to myself, they kind of reminded me of school, schoolyard guys in our Friend Deshaun Tate would love to hear me say, you know, they talk about the whole light skin battle or whatever, like the two light skin cats, like, "Hell, I'm really gonna do anything, right?" But yeah, they remind you of like the kids on the on the um on the playground. Hold me back, hold me back. You don't want any of this. Oh, uh, Clay Thompson, you didn't want that smoke, and I don't know if Devin Booker actually had that smoke for you. So it was just another round of NBA petty to me, and I was just like, "Man, I love it. I'm here for it all the time." If, if there's nothing else that we love about the NBA, and we know it's good basketball, but darn it, if it's not good entertainment,
1: no doubt about it. And and that's the thing with me because I like to be honest with you. When I was looking at Clay, because you no, know, some people might not want to believe this, but I'm pretty reserved for the most part at times in my life, but you know, but it does take me quite a bit to get mad. If you get me upset and probably uses some swear words, or like if somebody done done me wrong, because, and it got to think think about back when I played uh, arena football, right? Uh Like, I think this was the first time I actually got literally kicked out of a game uh, in in my entire career. Like my coach (laughs) sat me down one time and he didn't allow me to play anymore. But oh yeah, that's a whole nother story. But yeah, but it was the first time I actually got kicked out of the game. We were playing up in the mm-hmm. uh, we playing up in Pittsburgh, mm-hmm. and ironically, where where you? <laughs> <right>? Yeah, <laughs> and my wife has a love up there too. And uh, anyway, yeah, we're not gonna get it. Anyway, so we were in Pittsburgh playing and playing uh, playing an arena football game. Had got into a little squabble after an extra point. The team had just scored a touchdown, mm-hmm. and then somehow somebody said something to me. And then that turned into a whole nother thing. And then next thing you know, uh, <clears throat> I'm walking off the off the field and the crowd just blowing, you know, we on the road and everything. And then next thing you know, I can go ahead and give everybody the uh, uh, the middle finger salute. And how I told everybody they were number one as I was walking off. And I was like, whoa, where did that come from? <laughs> oh. <laughs> so when you think about, like, reserved people getting into those situations, it's just like, you're just, everything. Is all it's all gloves off at that point, and mm-hmm. and I think and I, we ended up going into the back of the locker room. We had ran across the other players on from the opposing team mm-hmm. that they got kicked out as well. And you know, I had that look, and I was with one of my teammates. He was just like. If y'all want to continue this we can go ahead and do that right, right. here too and i don't think they wanted that smoke at that point <laughs> no no
0: that's when you find out
1: what yeah. really, that's when they're, they're really like oh y'all yeah. so really about that life i'm like not mm-hmm. normally but yet yeah, today yes i am <laughs> speaking of uh people who are about that life how about this one t antonio brown i don't know if you remember this story about a few years ago He had, uh, he refused to pay his bill. Um, Shocking. Uh, (laughs) Of course, you know who Antonio Brown is. You know, Pittsburgh Steelers. So, yeah, you know know the foolishness you got to put up with that dude. So he refused to pay his bill uh, for a moving guy and then eventually end up putting his hands on the guy, I guess, for wanting his money. Like, I don't understand that notion. So he's got to cut the check today. $1.2 million, T, he has to pay to the uh, driver of that truck. And this is by uh, reported by um, TMZ Sports.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: See, like, and I think the his bill was only like four grand. Like,
0: yeah. just, that's exactly on. what I was going to say. Come on, Ab. Cautionary A.B. Yeah, cautionary <laughs> I mean, it, at his height, and Antonio Brown probably made four thousand dollars a quarter. Maybe even $4,000 oh. a half a quarter or a <laughs> yes. Like for Come real, on, he man. could literally go on the field and say, okay, I just made this catch. Okay, I, I'm gonna just sign this check, the end. Right. So cautionary Come tale, on, when you owe somebody for a service that they render, just pay up. Ante up with what you owe them because 4,000, 1.2 mil. You don't right. even have a career right now, dude. You're not getting checks anymore. So now right. you gotta go out and write him, I, I can't even do the mental math on that right now, but you've got to go out and probably 20, 40, 60 times, whatever you could have paid him. But it, my other cautionary tale is, and you guys, now this piece, I mean, seriously, take your medication, take your medication because Uh-oh. something so, something's not right. I still keep saying mm-hmm. it. One of these good days, we're going to figure out, like, these are the things that remind me we laugh about it, but really something is not r- right with A.B. And these are the types of things that typically show that there's something just not going right. And shout out to the the gentleman whom Dr. Davis and I admire greatly, who is just a man who was able to have so much patience with Antonio Brown. I just give so much credit to Coach Mike Tomlin because he did an amazing job just keeping his wits about him, dealing with Le'Veon Bell, and, you know, his back and forth, Antonio Brown. And ben his,
1: Roethlisberger, let's his, throw him in there too. And ben Roethlisberger, and <laughs> yes. team, I want to do he what counts. I want to I want to
0: do it. But, <laughs> yes. yeah, I'm like, if Mike Tomlin has his first, and I know I'm taking it to the Steelers side of the thing, the, the issue, but if Mike Tomlin has his first losing season this year, I don't want to hear from anybody. And I was one who said a couple of years ago, get him out of there until I found out all of these things started unraveling about A.B. and the Good other ones, gracious. right? the the, the three b's so legit if he has a losing season he has earned the right to come back because of having to deal with them and having to actually manage through and remember having the three of them almost on the cusp of going to a super bowl despite dealing with all those issues can help people yeah.
1: the personalities in that locker room yes. you can pay me enough to deal with all that bull crap because uh <laughs> it probably would have been some hands throw and it probably it wouldn't have been coming from the players trust me <laughs> so but um i think one once one show you can trust you know is us atl day once because we want to just say thank you for making us the lock your first listen of the day we really appreciate you for that but guess what i want you to do for your second listen check out locked on sports today they have the biggest stories of the day the instant reactions big game recaps and they have the take of the day and remember you can get them wherever you get this podcast whether it be the odyssey or spotify or apple wherever you get your podcast you can get check out locked on sports today
0: Love it, love it, love it. So much to offer, Jarvis. It's like our brand is just growing. We just have so much to offer you really across the Locked On Sports Network, like Jarvis said. And you guys must be enjoying it because you keep getting us ever closer to 5,000 subscribers on YouTube and you are continuing to check us out on Amazon and Fire TV. And don't forget, leave us your comments because we want to hear from you guys, especially going into a critical matchup like the Falcons have this weekend. So, Like we said, we'll talk to you guys a little bit tomorrow. Hopefully, about the Hawks getting a first win of the two games in Detroit. We're gonna come back. We got some more Braves talk for you guys to deep dive into tomorrow as well. And of course, we have our eye on Ravens, Falcons. So Ravens, Bucks rather, and how it implicates and it has implications for the Falcons. We'll talk about it tomorrow. So looks like it's a beautiful day in the neighborhood. Go check out Atlanta and come back and check us out tomorrow.
1: Y'all come back now. You're here.